Welcome back to another episode of Sky U Pod. We got the full crew here today to talk another debacle. The Gophers fell in the whiteout at Penn State, 45 to 17. Uh, fellas, before we talk about this terrible game, how are you guys doing? Good, thanks. Good, good. Except for Gopher football, just kind of lost. It's up. just you know, it's it's a rough October. It's a rough October. Shame because this college football season has actually been like extremely fun and pretty open for as open as college football gets. And then we get to watch the Gophers just bring it down at some point, like as low as we can get each Saturday. It's uh pretty disappointing. Um, let's just start with the offense. Um, knew the whiteout was gonna obviously play a factor. Uh, we had a lot of pre-snap penalties, but way more than I thought we were going to. Um, that's completely on coaching right off the get-go. You know what's going to happen, and you had, I think, seven false starts in the first half. At least it was seven in the first three quarters, but you just looked underprepared off the get-go. And then, gosh, the play calling was we thought we could win this game nine to six, like all field goals, and we were just going to ball control and punt and we thought we had like iowa's defense which we don't and that was the most disappointing part for me it's yes we knew they were going to be probably a little bit more conservative with ethan at quarterback making his first career start in a tough environment you coached scared and you looked like you played scared that's that's what it looked like to me right off the get-go i don't know what do you guys think Even though yeah the freshman started his first game in front of 109,000 people all dressed in white <laughs> i mean it's tough uh it it uh i think it showed i feel like overall i wasn't too disappointed with how ethan played um i think going into it everyone kind of knew he was going to be the almost i don't know like the make or break is it even fair because it's like we haven't really had a change at quarterback in so long uh but we kind of said you know with even with tanner out he can't play much worse um and he didn't i mean he had some mistakes but yeah overall it was like we were just going to start slow and simple, um, just try to let Mo do his thing. But I don't know. There were some some interesting play calls. And even like we saw at the end of the first half, once they opened it up a little bit and just let him get in a rhythm, he looked fine. I mean, I don't know why we couldn't do that from the from the start. That, that was the thing for me. It's like the coaching staff, how they called the plays, they made this as tough on Ethan as possible basically like I know they tried to take it out of his hand so like he wasn't gonna have to be the main factor but Penn State's just shoving seven and eight guys in the box and just committing run to Mo instantly right away you have to change it up you have to do something and we're just not winning enough down the field uh, we hit some we actually hit it was over Illinois, a step of improvement over Illinois. We actually hit some plays down the field. Uh, the one to the freshman Lamecki, Brockington, that was nice to see. That kind of got that drive going before the end of the first half. Um, I know this one was made when the game was already out of reach, but Michael Brown-Stevens at the end. But it's like, got that gift of a turnover. You returned it down to, the, I think, the 15-yard line. Most most people, most college offenses have like sudden change place like okay we just got like this big momentum change i know pj doesn't believe in that but that's what it was and now you go out there and usually you take a shot not all the time but 
and we just curl up like nope here we got it in field goal range run it three times take the field goal boom we have points now we can that's what they it's like they thought that was gonna be enough it's like you can still be conservative and take a shot at the same time you can run a one-man route off a play action play because that's all you had done much was run the football there so to just basically commit to no we're gonna take three points here after being handed the ball at the 15 yard line that that was just disgusting that was disgusting coaching cowardly coaching stupid coaching i mean there was nothing smart about what they did there especially when penn state was committing everybody literally everyone was committed to stopping mo because that's all we try to do all game and i just i couldn't believe that the lack of adjustments or how late the adjustments came in that's usually perfect, yeah. i feel like with tj and company i i don't know why but we are one of the worst teams for adjustments i've ever seen um you know i thought that i'm not gonna lie like at first it felt like we had a game like you know justin wally gets a nice pick to start like you said, Kurt, it kind of stinks we didn't get six on, on that first drive. Um, it settled for three. Um, but, you know, it seemed like after that, like, the air was just sucked out of us. And I, I think that, like you were just alluding to, Kurt, like, we as a team just have such a conservative mentality that I don't feel like there's any spark or any fire to get things going. I think that we have this philosophy of we're going to hold on to the ball, we're going to, you know, eat up all this clock. We're just going to pound the football and we're just going to, you know, make some plays. I feel like in a big time, prime time game like this, you need a spark. Sometimes that philosophy isn't always the way to go. You know, it's like a, a wide out game. You have, a, you know, the first time starter in Cali Manis here. Like you just need to get the fire going somehow. And I just feel like our coaches lacked doing that. Um, I don't want to blame it all offensively because the defense, especially in the second half, I mean, Fell that apart. was Ro- Rossi. That was Rossi. Probably his worst game <laughs> that you said that, that last had. week. I'm, yeah, right. It just, but if you think about it, let's read it here um, 479 total yards, 45 points. The most since that Maryland game that we saw in 2020. May I add, we all watched that one. That was hard to watch. Um, disappointed in our in our secondary. Um, the one the one that it was just straight miscommunication where um, the cornerback lined up on the other side and we just left that guy wide open. I mean, yes, that's like a player. Bart, but I feel like how as coaching do you not see that and like at least call a timeout? Or well, the wide open it? guy was on our sideline. It was all yeah. right there to look watching, at. Yeah, watching Everyone. the replay, PJ was the closest one to him. He's just standing there with his arms crossed, staring at the ball. It was like, dude. Like, it's it's called timeouts all the time. and I, For no reason. Yeah, for no reason. And then that Overall, happened. though, I actually thought the corners played pretty good i know i know like you said that was a busting coverage T- terrell smith got caught over on that one he kind of missed time has jumped a little bit but he was right there i mean it's get made like that in college football for teams that aren't the gophers so i i just i actually thought the corners had a pretty solid uh, game overall i thought Terrell smith even though he gave up that one touchdown i thought he looked pretty good too but 
Uh, yeah, not good enough. I agree. Forty-five points is too much. I, I just—it's too much. And you know what? I know we have to get the defense off of the field. I know that the offense has str- had struggled doing that. It's—it's uh, it's just kind of mind-boggling that there, there's two things. I think that it is either a we just don't have the personnel that can make have us win games, and I don't think it's that, or it's the coaching at this point. We're in year six of PJ, and it just seems like we're lacking consistency, especially up front. Like, our offensive line is lacking consistency. I feel like our D-line is not there, and it all starts there. I don't know. I just agree. No fire. There was no fire. I would, I would argue you brought up both of the problem areas. I, I think it's more coaching at, the, at this point in time right now than personnel. Um, I agree. I could see the argument on the defensive side that we don't have enough pass rushers there, but I still think this defense overall has played well enough in stretches where it's like, okay, they're overall pretty good defense. Um, yeah, you might have to blitz and able to get some pressure, which, by the way, which is why I think the secondary is actually still pretty dang good because they're playing pretty well overall without having a pass rush to help them out. So uh, I've been pretty impressed with the corners, especially, and the safeties. Um Newbin's a heck of a player. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes. I think he's playing himself into getting drafted after this year if he wants to come out. Um, offensive line, though, I will say this. Yeah, they're, they're not as good as the offensive line last year overall, probably. But, I mean, it's been three straight games of the defense just selling out and just crashing hard right off the get-go. I really don't know what the offensive line is supposed to do. They're blitzed. They're getting blitzed. They're just instantly crashing down. And there is zero adjustments from it from a play caller and standpoint. Have we ran a draw all season? We don't do anything to slow down the other team's defensive rush. There's, they, they mentioned it like 50 times on the broadcast. I'd like to see a screen here. I'd like to see a screen here. They're really crashing down. There's none of that. Faked a tunnel screen. We'll run a tunnel screen maybe once a game, which apparently is the only way we'll target Daniel Jackson, who's your best receiver right now, which is another mind-blowing thing. We don't drop plays for our best players, and we don't make adjustments to what other teams are doing. The blueprint is there to slow down our offense right now, and our coaching staffs have made zero adjustments. We just hope that Mo can break enough tackles and get us past, uh, like get us over the hump. And it's not working. I don't know if PJ just has more of a say over Soraka this year or what, but it's something's got to change. Play calling. Span forward had a nice game, but you still waited too long to get him football. I, I just I don't I don't understand. Why do you not have certain plays drawn up for certain players other than Mo? They just constantly hand it to Mo and say, "Here, Mo, uh, we have have two extra guys and we have blockers in the box right now, but." you please go score points for us? That's what the offense is right now. Who knows how ugly this would look if we didn't have Mo? And that's yeah. like the reality of it. And I think you're exactly right. I don't know if it's Soraka. I don't know if it's Soraka. I don't know if it's PJ. But this offense, honestly, this is... I haven't seen anything like this in a while. I mean, I'm I'm kind of being thrown back to some bad, bad go memories offensively. It it just doesn't make sense how we've regressed so far. Like I thought last year, like we said like, man, Tanner's kind of regressed. We gotta see something this year. But 
I'm almost starting to feel like it's not because of him. I feel like just the system that he is playing under is just not working. And I got to pin coaching, and it's a shame because if you have people like Daniel Jackson, um, Dalen Wright, uh, honestly, I kind of like Lamecki. He looks pretty like a solid player. We have someone like Span Ford who is like – such an athletic tight end. It is a shame that we cannot spread the ball to all of these weapons, design special plays for each of them. Um, yeah, I just, uh, it's hard. It's hard to watch when you see the potential there. We knew what this season could mean and to just see it kind of end up the way it has. And I said this last week, you know, college football, you're going to have heartbreaks. You're going to have tough games in the big 10, especially, but when you're getting blown out in prime time, when you're losing games easily to an Illinois, who's a good team? Don't get me wrong. Purdue is a good fight too. But when you are getting beat, you're not you're not just losing. You are getting beat. It's yeah. just different, and that's just kind of where I'm at with everything. I mean, we just came in with the loser mentality. We tried to play this game. It's like, hey, this is the game plan we're going to need to keep this thing close, and it actually just hurt you the entire time look at look at jerry kill's offense that era of offense which was bad i mean tragic yeah they were they were bad they weren't good offenses even under that offensive scheme we got our playmakers the ball max williams got force fed the football and we were able with quarterbacks that i think are less talented than on our current roster able to get there be kj may max williams oh I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but there was not a lot. There was not a plentiful playmakers under that other offense, and we still got them the ball to give us the best shot to win, give ourselves the best shot at winning. We can't do that right now. We're we're missing crap. That is it. It feels like we're down ten guys on offense watching them play. It's painful yeah. to watch. It's painful. I don't. I don't get it. How is there nothing else you're drawing up? Sitting there, they don't respect the deep shot right now on the RPO, so they're taking away the slant. Okay, and that's it? All they had to do was sit on the slant, and that's the end of the offense? Like, the coaches don't even watch film. Like, I don't <laughs> see how they, like, realize, you know what, what, what would have worked out after seeing, like, failed after, like you said, I, that's a good point. It didn't even really hit me until you said it, Kurt. We haven't had a draw, and I usually hate draws because I zone blocking, like, kind of pussy stuff but sometimes it, it helps it, it gets it changes it up you, like it's such a vanilla o- offense and defense across the board there's barely any stunts max mentioned that last week we don't do any sort of uh, it, we just force stupid stuff it's like we're gonna run the ball with mo and then we're gonna give spam forward the which is weird how we just go from last year when we're like we want to see our tight ends more in the play mix to now we're just completely dependent on a tight end as our only like passing weapon how, how you can't spread it out do some screens uh check downs to mo which that's fine i i really haven't noticed mo not having good hands um but either way you also have multiple weapons do some stunts on defense like it's always like oh we're gonna send three or four guys maybe a fifth but there's never gonna be any kind of twist any surprise anything it's just vanilla boring it's like a bad it's like a regular high school team that's relying only on talent and we are not that team in a college d1 college big 10 football schedule i just need to jump in on one other thing before i get 
Hey guys, but like I, I just feel like we were out coached too. Like at half, it's ten to seventeen. All right, we have a ball game. We can keep it interesting. And for in the second half, for Penn State to literally just come out and just punch them in the mouth, and the Gophers had not, they couldn't respond to that. That just tells you like there were no adjustments made when Penn State was like, look. They can't do this, 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 and this, and we can do this against them. Here's what we're going to do. And then they just took over the second half. While the Gophers had an answer to nothing, didn't adjust. I mean, that is just... It, it's scored insane. 21 to nothing in the third quarter when you start with the ball down down a touchdown. And that At uh, the end of the first saying, half... There's not been adjustments made. Yeah, seeing the end of the first half where it was like, Ethan led an awesome drive down the field for a touchdown. You know, yeah, you're going in 10, 10, 17, and you're getting the ball. Like that should spark something in, in especially in your offense, to be like, all right, we we got this, we're rolling. You would assume Penn State's defense is going to have to like figure it out pretty quickly. They just <laughs> we went 90 yards on them in nine plays, right? In 25 seconds, great. and then we come out. I will say the the execution. I mean, that was all, all the players pretty much that first drive you had. Uh, whoever our return man is returning it uh, way deep when the lead oh, blocker is telling him don't. And he did have a good return, I think, against Illinois. But that was yeah. that felt like a young player trying to do a little bit too much. So you have that setting us up in bad field position, leading to the blocked punt. Which I don't know if that's so much execution or just poor special teams coaching or preparation. I don't know. But, I mean, it felt like one thing they'll do another. And then the next drive, too, is where we had the... You talked about it earlier, Kurt. The fake tunnel screen, which is bizarre when you haven't run a tunnel screen all game. Um, and Penn State covered it well. I I don't know if they got tangled up, but it's really hard to not see a flag get thrown when your wide receiver is running past the corner and he's the just guy holding on to the back of him. And he was yeah. getting grabbed the whole time. And then to flip it, it around, not of course, PI, it should have been a hold. It should have been defensive right, holding. Right. Just something. I don't know how. Yeah. And then to flip it around, there, yeah, we were, there was contact at the top of the guy's route against the Penn State receiver, probably holding there too. But for the ball to be thrown literally 15 yards over his head and get a PI call, it's like, oh, that, that okay, kind of, well, that's kind of what you already were getting outplayed. Exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say, you needed like that, that point, call. Yeah. Nothing was going our way. Special teams, offense, defense. It felt like yeah. frustration kind of set in at that point. It's hard to really, you know, look at a young quarterback and go, "All right, man, <laughs> figure it out." I guess. Um, and yeah, and on that ninety-yard drive, I didn't even feel like we called great plays. It was just the one deep shot, and then Ethan using his legs to pick up yards is yeah. what kind of sparked that. So it was the big, yeah, the big difference. It just felt like we had a sense of urgency, and we yeah. did. There, we had, it's a two-minute drill. Like you have to go score. It's kind of fun. It's like it's weird when you'd say, "Okay, don't think, just go score." Just or most the of the time, it feels like um, bad coaching as well as playing against a good team these last three games, and that's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I will definitely say I feel like the coaching, you know, compared offense and defense, I feel like was worse offensively. I mean, defensively, it was hard yeah. to even tell because we had so many like just broken plays. It like doesn't really matter what we're even calling. Like so many times, like right before the snap, we got guys just running around yelling like. Defensively, I was just, yeah, I was like, okay, they hit that one first shot to the tight end right on that touchdown pass. Um, The Terrell Smith touchdown catch, their guy made the play. We were close. Uh, He uh, 
Smith tried to play the ball, probably should have played the man in that situation. If you go back and be per perfect, but like I said, the corners don't get a lot of help. So I, I'm not, I think they're pretty good. I'm not disappointed in the secondary too much. I would have just liked to see the defense adjust a little bit sooner in the first half to the tight ends down the middle. Then uh, second half, we just didn't tackle well. So that's, that's on the players probably. Cause we were there just, we just started not tackling their running backs. So they started gashing us in the run. Um, that was my biggest disappointment with the defense. I, I still think Ross is a pretty solid coordinator. Um, the defense still at times does enough. I mean, first quarter we were, I think we shut them out. And then we were all over them a couple of times. We're just, I, the, the defense is closer to being around solid than the offense is. And I think that's pretty sure. evident in how often we talk about the offense. And, um, yeah. I need to be fair. I know, like, I was disappointed in this defense, but maybe that's because we expect so much out of them because they're really the only thing that can keep us in games and competitive. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's hard to, to go into, you know, Penn State during a whiteout at night and, you know, not give up a, cu a couple plays here and there. Yeah. And when your offense is not getting you off the field, that's even more challenging. It's, yeah, I still say for still unexcusable like they aren't great and again i think a lot of this like you said i do think the d-backs do an all right job at times sometimes i found them like it seems maybe i just don't know what this is they usually kind of focus on the d-line uh when watching but yeah sometimes i thought they were just out not touching any like not covering anyone and it wasn't like anything was developing on this it's like you can kind of shift over i don't know but then, i'll say this given fine. given the strength Most of our better. defense. Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, to that point, I do agree that I wish I wish we would man up a little bit more on defense, because I think the secondary is that good, and yeah. that way you can bring more pressure as well on the well, quarterback. I, I agree completely. I think we could rely on, some, like, just have, like, one guy over top, like, one safety over top, and even blitz a safety. I don't really know how many times we really even try doing that. Like, I, yeah. I, again, I think it's... I, I still think we're a vanilla defense. Zero studs, zero, I don't know, any kind of intriguing blitzes. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not a big fan of blitz in the corner, but I would never imagine the Gophers ever trying that. Like, that should be at least, maybe they might do it. Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's just sad. I think they did it actually, even a few times against Illinois. You just never notice because. Oh, we, we actually did that, it once exactly. this game. <laughs> and, and but that's the point. You don't even realize it because it doesn't, they don't. Yeah, they gotta. Not they gotta figure pressure. out some pass. Exactly, they gotta figure out some pass rush, and it really is on the front four. Um, like the run defense, I know it didn't play. They didn't have a good game this game, but they're in a pass rush they, is a problem. Yeah, to give Penn State some credit too. I mean, that Nick Singleton, their running back, is a stud. Yeah, uh, we're Washington. probably not giving them enough credit, and they we yeah. get their team. I overall watching this game, yeah, Penn State wins this game. Nine and a half out of ten times, I would say. Uh, it just—I don't think Penn, this isn't one of Penn State's special teams. Um, you know, I don't, it's not like the Trace McSorley, Saquon Barkley team. Even I don't think uh, they don't have a lot of weapons on the outside. They have a couple nice tight ends, as we saw, unfortunately. But I, yeah, I just don't feel like they're if Matt personnel-wise, I don't feel like they were four touchdowns better than us. I just, they played obviously a lot better and they deserve the win. It's just, that's why we're spending so much more time on our team, obviously. Especially and, like, I mean, their defense played well too, but like even just to go back to like the 2019 year, like 
they had NFL guys all over that defense, especially in the front. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure Micah Parsons was there. Suspended for the first half, yeah. but we don't we don't have to bring that <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, I don't want to rip too much on players individually. I, and we spent a lot of time on the coaches, rightfully so. Mike Potts is not the same this year. I think he sh- I, I don't know what's going on there, but it's just he's not giving them anything when he comes in. I would really like to see Zachary Evans start getting some touches here down the stretch. Um, let's talk about this now. I'm going to transition here a little bit. Because the Big Ten West is probably out of reach. I sent that scenario in today. Uh, there's that scenario where if it works out just right, Northwestern can still win the West in a seven-team tiebreaker, which is just, I mean, if anyone would get that to happen that way, it would be Northwestern. But, um, or say never, I guess. I'm not saying you don't try and win the game and you play the players you think give you the best chance to win, but at this point, like, I liked what I saw out of Ethan. I don't know why you wouldn't keep playing him, especially now against next week against a team like Rutgers, who still got a pretty good defense, actually. But you might as well get him the reps, unless he really just starts firing him up, like turnover, turnover. Then you still have you still got Tanner and Cole Kramer right there if you really need to. But I don't see why you don't get Ethan another start the very next week. <laughs> what, what do you think the odds are him actually starting if Tanner's healthy, though? Zero. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, think they think will do it. That is shot. I liked yeah. what he did. He didn't even really make that the pick. Yeah, he probably should have thrown that ball, given that the safety is sitting over the top. I didn't see a lot of mistakes, though. Yeah, like, yeah, he missed the check down a few times that was wide open. But it wasn't like he forced any throws into coverage, really. He was smart with the football. And given how little they let him do, I don't know. I mean, it's not – I didn't – at that game going man if we would add tanner things a different story i i don't see a i mean there's just some things that ethan can do that tanner can't do i guess argument could be that pj trusts tanner more so then the playbook's more open to tanner which isn't ethan's fault but i don't know i i would personally i would just let ethan roll right here especially because your next two games are rutgers and nebraska i think i would too but i mean I, I'm a, I'm gonna say I don't think we saw him be utilized enough to even make a solid judgment on whether or not he played well or bad even in that game. Like he, he didn't have like a lot of opportunities to sling it or do anything with it or do like he just got screwed with the play calling and everything else and he wasn't utilized. So I mean I, I'm I'm not saying that this is me being kind of a negative Nancy, but yeah, there's still questions about him. I guess like I'm not totally sold. Like I'm happy with him, but at the same time. Yeah, might as well invest in the future rather than Tanner at this point. Yeah, like we don't know if he's you know the guy, quote unquote, going forward. But there's he it's did not enough nothing... to get me excited, to be honest. Out of yeah. what they finally let him do, I liked what yeah. I saw. And he did nothing to show like, ooh, maybe he's not ready yet. I mean, that was that's probably one of the toughest first career starts you could make in college football. And he looked, I mean relatively poised i'd say i don't know my biggest complaint about him honestly would be when he tucked and ran it was always a smart thing i just think he left some yards on the table of looking around a little bit too much to get hit which i get it's his first career start yeah (laughs) i'd like him to see go a little bit sooner and just commit to you're going and then just when you feel like someone's close just fall forward 
take PJ the hit, did but just, mention but that. just fall, just fall down, you know, fall down and get down and just, but commit to it a little, because I feel like there was probably not a ton, but just a couple of runs where he could have gotten another four or five yards if he just goes and gets down right away. But yeah, I saw PJ yeah. talk about needing to, to slide going <laughs> developed with him, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I know it won't, so maybe it's not even worth talking about. I would just, I would commit to Ethan at this point. And I get you don't right. want to damage his development, but it's like, the receivers have to learn to make plays too. Like, I, 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 and unless you're bringing in a bunch of studs from the transfer portal, he might as well get used to working with what he's got. Because all these guys, except probably Crab, who's already not playing at this point, are back next year anyway. You might as well get him rolling with them, in my opinion. But, um... That was the other thing. Okay, this is why something. Max, take it from here. I'll be right. I'll be right back. Not too sure what he was gonna start saying, but. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think unless you know we're not in practice every day, so we're not seeing if there's like a quarterback battle or if it's a true competition or you know how the performance of practice is. But just from a outside fan view of it, you know, you get you get to play Rutgers team at home feels like a nice opportunity to say okay we're going to give you the keys at least for the first half to this offense show us what you can do I mean, Rutgers isn't a they're not great but they're not you know their strength is their defense so why not let them just let them throw 20 passes in the first half I don't know and if, you, if it works it works if it doesn't like you said you go back to Tanner but kind of looking long term too I mean if if we're thinking I mean right now on the roster Ethan is probably the guy going into next year I really don't want, you know, I don't want to go into the start of next season being like, well, they only had the one start and we don't really know. And like, now's the time to let him get that playing experience, especially if, you know, he's got more. Here's tools. what I was going to say. Sorry about that. Uh, okay. This is why I think there's something off with the coaching staff right now. Ignore my dog bark in the background. Um EJ is showing, like, he said they spent some time showing their receivers, like, see, you're capable of, like, making the plays down the field, and you can win against one-on-one coverage. He, he talked about how they showed them plays that it made earlier this year. But then at the same time, you're not even calling plays to get them those one-on-one looks very often until the game's over against Penn State, really. I mean, we hit Lamecki that one time. But just feel like we've seen Soraka call better games than this before he left the first time, and I just feel like just something's up the offense is too bland with this personnel to be acting like this and i don't know is it really just that the confidence of the offense is down that low where we're just showing them i know that's not just what we're doing but we're just going back to be like see look at you guys can do this like i, I don't know i i feel like there's something off something's i just feel like something's up i don't know they're missing that spark i feel like like there's no like like We've said before, there's no urgency. No, it doesn't seem like anyone gets really pumped or like you know, like I don't see a lot of energy. Just like good plays, bad plays. No one's really celebrating. And I, don't get me wrong, there, there's those teams where they're just like kind of cold blooded, like kind of like a Bama team where they just do good and they keep on next plays up. Let's get it. But that that's not again, that's not us. Like we don't constantly do good. Like there's a lot of bad mixed in there. Might as well get happy when we do do a little good. Like I don't see a lot of guys patting each other on the back and stuff and like doesn't seem like fun football i'm assuming that's a coaching thing and maybe a little bit on leadership yeah i i don't i don't know i i just don't know i mean i have no idea (laughs) part of me makes me feel like i don't know are they like not getting along again or something because i don't i don't get it there's something 
something's off with this yeah. offense. But we did have the weird, like, Dalen Wright not being at the game either. Like, that was a disciplinary yeah. deal, too. It's like... Jay did say know. he expects him back for this next one, which is makes it weird. I don't know. I'm kind of falling off the Dalen Wright. He's got all the talent. We've talked about it a hundred times. I'm just ready to see it or move on. Yeah, but. that's kind of how I feel too. Um, and it's a shame. Um, I don't know. We've been through how many offensive coordinators in the P.J. Fleck era? Two, right? I think it was, was it Soraka when he came Soraka, in. It was Soraka and then... Stanford. Now back to Soraka, right? But was it, he... who, was, who was right after Soraka? Someone Stanford. was here and then... Was it? Oh, yeah. We had the we had the interim OC game against Auburn. That was like yeah, the wide receiver coach and yeah. Oh Matt Simon? He's still Matt, here. Yeah. 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 That's another weird thing too. I feel like we like Matt Simon at one point was like, please God, don't Probably. ever leave. And now it's he like called a well, great game against Auburn. Though. Yeah. But it's just weird we're not seeing as much development from the wide receiver position that we have in the past. Yeah. It just seems like since 2019, there has been a steady decline offensively. And part of me feels like it's because if you're Soraka, right, and you're the guy who coached that offensive team, how can there be this much of a drop off from that year? Like, I get it. We don't have a Daniel Jackson. We don't have a Bateman. I understand that. Um, and Tyler Johnson, folks. Oh, yeah. Yep. Tyler Johnson. Yep. Um, I just don't know. I just don't get how how it can be such. Well, and that's such a drop off. And I feel like TJ has something to do with this offense, and that's why. That's a disappointing thing, is because that 2019 team was an explosive offense. Um, yes, we still lost to Iowa. Yes, we still lost to Wisconsin. But they showed the ability to be explosive against a lot of good teams, including Auburn. That is a unique trait overall in in the Big Ten West. And the fail the failure to capitalize on the success of that season to keep that momentum going. I'm not I know you're not gonna get a Rashad Bateman every recruiting class. You're just not because you're not Ohio State, you're not Bama, you're not Georgia. He was a special player. But to not have multiple Crabtrees or Tyler Johnson like or Daniel you know, we've we've missed. You have missed recruiting wise at the receiver position overall. And yeah, your conservative nature has influenced the offense too much, I think, if you're PJ, where I, I don't think a lot of receivers are looking at Minnesota right now. I don't right. think they sh- I don't. I can't blame them because we're not effectively throwing the football, even though we have everything in place that makes it look like we should be able to. You got your qu- quarterback that's been here forever, back with his old OC that was having a bunch of success here. That's why I just feel like there is something off. And if it really is just personnel, I don't know why the portal wasn't hit harder for receivers then. But, um, and if it's well, as easy it as it is. coaching again, honestly. Yeah. Like, if you can't recruit the personnel, who's in charge of that? I mean, yeah. no matter where you look, it's it's starting from the top. We had a lot of receivers transfer out, but it wasn't like big-time yeah. contributors. So I right. don't really know... One that probably hurts this year, uh, but it's just the era we're in, is Bucky Irving because he's a dynamic playmaker. I know he's a running back, but he would definitely help because he would be on the field at the same time as Mo Lott, I think, this year. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I there's something 
There's something off with the offense, and I, I don't know. Maybe Soraka just doesn't quite have his hits back at full go from when he where he was at in the 2019 season. I don't know. But moving on here now. Quick, quick. You don't have to go into a lot of uh, detail, but Gophers lose their last game of this season. What's that? I think the Gophers lost their last game. We went out from here. <laughs> oh, no. I, yeah. I, I don't think so. Um, and you know me, like I'm, I'm very, I'm an optimistic person. The Gophers, if you asked me four games ago, I'm thinking we can win all of them, truly. But this offense is so anemic. Like, I'm not lying. I'm scared about this game. I know we're going to touch on it, but I'm scared because Rutgers defense is not bad. Their offense is pretty poor, but their defense is solid and if we can't get our defense off the field, I don't, I don't know how we're going to be able to win the game. But, I mean, let's look forward, shall we? Rutgers, we just talked about it. Let's we play it. a Nebraska team, a Nebraska team that is, is not good, but they need – I feel like they have more of a fire right now as a team than the Gophers do. They're not really playing much, so like they can treat every game like it's their Super Bowl, you know? Like playing the Gophers, I mean, they're like, yeah, we haven't beat the Gophers in a while. It'd be great, you know, slight rivalry game there. So we got them. We know we have Iowa. We haven't beaten almost 10 years. So that's going to be, I mean, with their defense, I don't even want to think about that. A Northwestern team who can easily sleep like you could sleep on them and they could easily take you out. And then we have Wisconsin um, who's going through their trials and tribulations as well, but they're going to be ready to play. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is I feel like there's more of an opportunity for us to lose every game than to win every single game coming up. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I know that this team still has something in them, but they need to find it. Like EJ needs to fire these guys up. At this point, like you said, Kurt, the Big Ten West is lost. It is. So just open that playbook. Don't play scared. Take big shots. Who cares? You have nothing to lose. You literally have nothing to lose. Open up that playbook and just go for it. I feel like that's all you need to do. Spark a fire and then see where the season ends up. You know, I think you could still argue that you know, even with this three-game skid, if you did win out this se- the rest of the season, even if not going to the Big Ten Championship, if you win out, I would call it a I would. Um, but I don't know if that's going to I don't even know if I'd call it a success after that. We, we, we Overall, we blew the, our probably yeah. our best chance ever to go to the Big Ten Championship. We could have easily, like, this was the year to win yeah. the West. We blew it. I, if we went out, congrats, you broke even. I wouldn't call that a win. Maybe even broke even. I won't even say that. Like maybe because then you can, and that's only you break even because now you have some hope for the future. But like the, PJ wasted. Like stars were aligned. We talked about this last podcast. He wasted the perfect chance. Yeah, I agree with. I agree with. I'm not disagreeing with that, Sam. I'm only saying a success in the sense of we did something we haven't done, like baby steps wise. Baby steps success compared to years past. That's fair. But I agree I agree with you 100%. It is it, it is a failure being that like you said the stars are pretty much aligned. 
there was no better opportunity for the Gophers to to go to the Big Ten Championship. It's certainly a failure in that respect. But if we have something to look to the rest of the year, I feel like that's the only thing we can look at. And I don't think another loss can I don't think another loss can justify a successful season. Yeah, I think for sure, like the way we felt after that Michigan State game, if you were to say you're gonna drop your next three in embarrassing fashion, like you would have thought it's all you know, it's all crashing down, it's 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 all over. But like you said, to it's all on the table to still go nine and three, get a decent bowl game, and beat two of our biggest rivals, uh, which we haven't beat both of them in forever, the same season. Um, and yeah, like optimistically, if you know, say we say we run the table, and in a couple of years we look back and go, yeah, we went nine and three, we lost at Penn State with a freshman making his first start in a brutal environment, and we lost to what looks like now probably the Big Ten West champion. Um and a Purdue team that can throw it. So I don't know. At this, that's being optimistic. It's probably being a little too, you know, just go for Fanny. But going nine and three, if we can finish strong, it's all not lost, I guess, at this point. But if yeah. we keep playing the way we have been, like you said, there's no reason we can't lose every game either. Yeah. As far as prediction, I, I don't know what we'll do. I doubt we win out, just given how our we're performing right now and um lack of confidence this group seems to have both coaching and players uh i'll say this though just i think we always forget how good it feels to beat one of iowa or wisconsin so once it happens if it does happen and we beat them both i think we're both gonna we're all gonna sound not gonna say we're gonna forgive this three game stretch but if it does happen where we end up beating both of them i think we're gonna forget how much it heals the soul to beat those two but yeah moving in let's preview this rutgers team they just snapped a 21 home game losing streak in big 10 play with a 24 to 17 win over indiana quite honestly you couldn't maybe pick a team that's dead opposite in how they're feeling um, they had been close for a little bit here. Close lost to Nebraska the week before. I think that was the week before. Um, they kind of got put through the ringer earlier, I know, by Ohio State, but a lot of teams do. Um, yeah, I, they are feeling great, I think, right now. Picking up that win against Indiana. Um, honestly, looking at their schedule, they're probably looking at this as one of their best chances to pick up another win and get closer to being bowl eligible. And meanwhile, like we've been talking about the gophers couldn't be on a harder nosedive right now as far as emotions go so it's really interesting matchup from that side of things um what sticks out to you guys the most about this matchup we'll start there it's i kind of touched on it a little bit ago the the defense of the rikers um let's just see here first off their secondary is really good um i know that they have a couple of playmakers um Let's see here. Um, sophomore quarterback, uh, he looks pretty good. Senior safety, Avery Young. Um, they had a couple veterans in the secondary. Um, their defensive front doesn't look too great. Um, but like I said, if we can't really go through the air, then I don't know how, what we're going to do. They're ranked sixth nationally in the rushing defense, 87.4 yards per game, 29th in passing. Um, you kind of look at that with our very anemic offense. It's not looking too good. 
Um, but offensively, Rutgers is pretty pretty bad. I mean, they do. I don't. I still don't know who their starting quarterback is. Did they finally kind of figure that out? Uh, the younger kid. It'll be. I think it'll be uh, Vidral. Ve- Ve- Vedral? How do yeah. you say it? The yeah. guy, the guy from Nebraska. Yeah. I would ass- yeah. Vedral. I'm assuming yeah. he'll start. He played all of last week. Now the plant, they have that four star that they're excited about. He's a freshman. They haven't really played him yet. And I listening to Rutgers podcast people, he was supposed to play in part last game, but then they fell behind fourteen nothing, and that plant kind of got put out the window, yeah. and they stuck with uh uh Ver- Ver- what's his name again? I just had it. Like Vedral? Vedral, sorry. Yes, thank you. I don't know why I lost that there. Uh, Vedral. And so I would imagine that he'll be the starter against the Gophers. I think the coaches trust him the most. He's kind of their Tanner. That's an insult to Tanner, but I don't know. I mean, they trust him. He's just a smart player, tough-nosed guy. A little bit of dual threat. He's a tough player that can move a little bit. Um, Not like, I don't know, maybe not, not even probably to Clifford's level, but they didn't run Clifford a lot last week either. But, um... They do. It's funny, Spencer. You mentioned their defensive front, maybe not the great. I think they feel the most excited about that. Just listening to their podcast right now because they're young up front and their D tackles have been coming alive lately. I believe it's Hamilton and I forget the other one's name, but they actually like the pressure that their front is starting to. And they they admit it. It was Indiana, who's not the best team to go about. But that defensive front and the run defense in general for Rutgers has been playing pretty well. Honestly, they're kind of a mere copy of the Gophers a little bit. They stopped the run well. They haven't been tested a lot against uh, great passing offense other than Ohio State. And obviously, Ohio State took advantage. But Rutgers has looked pretty good against not great competition, similar to us. And then they've struggled against the better teams that they've played, similar to us. So... I don't know how overall quality they are. I, I, I'm I kind of a believer in their defense. I think their defense is good enough where you're going to have to come out with the game plan. And funny enough, listening to their, their two fan podcasts that I did today about talking about the Indiana game, when they were in zone, they started out in a lot of zone coverage, and Indiana started out like 10 for 10 or 12 for 12 or something, and went up-tempo and was having success. So what did they do? They, they switched to man brought pressure and then they started turning around I'm like well if that worked out for them that's what's been working against the gophers just switching to man coverage and then just loading the box up so um that'll be interesting to see because indiana has hit some pass plays this year i just recalling the illinois game they have guys on the outside so if they were able to man up with indiana i'm guessing that the gophers will be seeing a lot of man coverage again uh come rutgers so that's something i think to watch for and if we get press man I don't know what we do because yeah. the term separation has not ever been uttered <laughs> any you know about these wide receivers that have been playing, which isn't good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think the big thing I look for is just to we have to just play to our strengths at this point. I mean, this Rutgers offense is pretty bad. Um, so as long as we can just shut them down and win the field position battle, I feel like our offense will be in a good enough spot to score at some point. Um, so, yeah, yeah. that's... <laughs> I just... If our defense cannot give up a touchdown at this point, it kind of yeah. feels like what we have to do until our offense well, can figure it out. As bad as the Rutgers offense is, and they went against a bad Indiana defense, they... I mean, I believe that running back who, who's kind of come on late for them, Samuel Brown, 
uh, who had the fifth. Fifth. Samuel Brown, the fifth. 28 carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown last week. Uh, he was the bell cow, and they're excited about him. He's a physical runner. Um, I don't want to say he's Chase Brown, but I feel like he gets used, at least last week, kind of like Chase Brown, where they're like, okay, he's a talented guy on offense. We don't have a lot of them, so we're just going to kind of force him the ball. Um, another thing is they also do it. They have Crew Shank, who is a receiver transfer from Wisconsin. Um, even when they can't throw him the ball, he got five carries as well last week. So they do find ways to get him the football, five carries, 64 yards. He had a 42 yard rush, um, as well as two catches. So, you know, they, they don't have a lot of, um, elite guys on offense, especially the receivers. I know is probably the group they feel the least confident about offensive line is not great, but they're. Shiano team, they play tough. I think they're probably overall happy with what they've gotten out of the offensive line, just given how low the expectations were for it this year. So they're they're kind of similar to the Gophers. Granted, I like the Gophers' offense more than I like Rutgers, but they mirror us, as in they don't like their playmakers on the outside very much. But maybe a little bit better than us, they do, at least in the most recent week, they stick to what's going to give them the best chance of, win, of winning, and they get their couple playmakers that they do have the ball. So... Um, and note, uh, DJ coached under Shiano and has a lot of the same philosophies. Uh, philosophies. I know that the ball is the program was Shiano's. Uh, they would like say that over the loudspeaker at at their practices under Shiano. So that's where PJ got that from. And also just the conservative nature of wanting to run the football and play complementary football. All stuff we hear PJ say. He learned a lot of it from Shiano. Uh, he coached under Shiano in the NFL, so it'll be interesting to see kind of the apprentice against the master. Even though the apprentice probably has the better overall situation right now, as far as as far as talent goes, but like you guys pointed out, that Rutgers defense I do think is legit and overall pretty good defense. Yeah, and not just PJ. I mean Rossi and uh, um, well, offensive coordinator guy, all Soraka. coached under Shiano. Soraka, thank you. <laughs> Jeez. Um, and yeah, Shiano spoke very highly of everyone in his uh, press conference this week. So I don't know. Yeah. It's it's the it's the Greg Shiano love fest bowl. Everyone loves everybody. Oh, uh, I don't know. They're gonna be. PJ wants to lose this game out of respect <laughs> to his old coach. <laughs> no. Uh honestly, for me, guys, this comes down to it's gut check time for the Gophers because if you come in feeling sorry for yourself, which is the vibe I'm getting. I know PJ says the right things in these press conferences, I but it's not translating the last three weeks, really the last month because of the bye week. I just, you come in feeling oh so sorry for yourself. Oh, good, it's Rutgers, a, a nice bounce back game. Kind of, but the defense is legit and is very good at doing what you've been struggling against. You cannot overlook Rutgers as, with how you've been playing. I think this is a, a an emotional trap game. PJ fawning over his old guy he coached under i'm sorry but the play, these current players probably still hear rutgers and think oh rutgers down in the dumps which I, i'm not i'm not trying to make rutgers sound like you know they're not iowa they're not you know iowa crushed them at their play i just mean they're well enough coached and have enough talent on defense young guys that don't have a lot of experience on offense that they're excited enough about where if you come in thinking that you're just going to if they run Mo 40 times into a wall, you're not going to win this game. You're going to still have to make plays. You're going to still have to play sound football. And 
I think the turnover battle is going to be huge because I think both of these teams want to do the same thing. Like the Illinois game kind of I would compare it to is they want to keep the ball away. Um, so I, I just think that this game is very scary. Uh, the Gophers, I believe, I think it came back down a little bit. I don't, let me pull it up here exactly. Last I saw, we were 14 favorites. Um, I don't think it opened up at that. And it, at first we moved, I saw at one point we got up to 15 and a half. And I think it came back down from that. Um, I like, I think this game scoring wise is just going to be very odd. Uh, I don't, I, I don't have the over under in front of me. I would take the under. I just think it's going to be a lot of weird field goals. And Rutgers, here's my key that I'm I'm going into my prediction kind of right now. Rutgers struggled early in special teams. The Gophers have made special team plays at times this season in the return game, which is how Indiana got started that game. So I think that the Gophers special teams and defense will do enough to just set the offense up in a better position than Rutgers will be. I'm going Gophers 18, Rutgers 12. I don't think we cover the spread. I think it's just a weird, low-scoring, probably overall, if you're not a fan of the other team, boring football game. But that's what I'm going. Gophers do get the win. I think it's close. If you lose to Rutgers, forget, forget what happens after that. Hot seat should be turned on instantly for PJ then. If you drop this game, you can't drop this game at home. Agreed, Kurt. Um, We're know, under 41, I, by the way. I think that's high. Oh, that's too high. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's going to be a wonky game. Um, both defenses are good. Both offenses aren't. Um, if you're a college football fan, it'd be quite the game to watch, I guess. But um, um, I, I think that the Gophers have – Bounce back here finally after a three-game skid. Get this win in October. I think, though, it'll be close at the Gophers winning 17-10. to 10. Um, I agree, though, Kurt. If if you drop this one at home to Rutgers, you got to turn that hot seat on because it's unacceptable. Four-game skid. Yeah, yeah it, there needs to be fire that is, is put into these guys' heart because they – they need to get out of this little slump, and I I do think they'll do it. Twenty four seventeen. I don't know. You're not picking a winner. <laughs> Gophers, I guess. I I really don't want to. Honestly, part of me has a hunch to bet Rutgers like money line with the odds. I think that's a smart gamble. Ugh, it's gross. I, I don't know if it's smart. But... The thing is, I would be really upset with Sam, but like honestly, it's just, the Gophers haven't shown me anything offensively to to really prove me wrong. I know that this is Rutgers, this isn't a Penn State or even Illinois or Purdue, but I feel like Rutgers is gonna come in here and just really want to play and win. Like we could be really demoralized right now because of just what's happened and transpired. I just hope that really doesn't seep into them and then they, they just play poorly for the rest of the season. I hope they have some fight. Um Man, you guys picked a lot lower scores than I had uh, predicted. Um, I do think the offense needs work, but I feel like hopefully this is the get-right game where you know we saw what they did against some poor opponents early on. I know it's not the same team right now with injuries and stuff, but I got the Gophers winning thirty-one to twelve. Um, the over, I barely, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't bet it, but I don't know. 
I think this is the we've gone through the mid-season lull. Let's just pour it on Rutgers. Like, why not? It's I don't know. It's no longer a trap game that we were. Uh, I feel like it about. is an emotional trap game. <laughs> yeah, it's like a. It's just, just we're we're in a trap. We're not even playing a game. Yeah, I just feel like there's a. I don't know. I feel like this coaching. It almost feels like sorry about the situation we're in or something. I don't know how to describe it exactly, I guess. But, okay. Um, well, we all got the Gophers winning again, so that's good. We haven't completely jumped off that, uh, you know. Hope isn't locked, but sure can be. Okay. So we're going to move on to the Skyupod Parlay of the Week. And, again, we went two and two. Because I do this before the show i don't know how else to pick that that was a bad beat cincinnati blew it um so i have a few games i like i think the only way to do this is either you guys let me pick one and then we go dead opposite of it oh and three in the three times we've done this which is pretty insane but that yeah that's bad because this is supposed to be like my one game so i have a couple uh you know you got two choices that I think we should do. Either you guys let me pick one and we go dead opposite of what I pick. Or I tell you guys three games I like and I let you guys pick the one that you guys like the most out of my three games that I like. You're not that opposite because it'd be more fun. <laughs> Just go dead opposite of I what like I the like. Opposite strategy. Okay. But don't let okay. it sway you. Like Whichever one stands out as like Win. the clear winner. We'll yeah. just bam. Okay. I feel like that's a bad decision. We'd probably do better if we did like three, but I don't know. I, was... I like Honestly, the strategy. For the three games I like. Okay. I'll just do your I one, should... then you can tell us after. Well, you you guys go. You yeah. I'll, I'll do my pick. I want you guys to go first because I thought you were gonna do the other option, honestly. So I gotta figure out which one is actually my top top choice. So go ahead. You guys start. Yeah. What is your one pick this week? I'll go. Uh I got Tennessee. I know that's... Who do they, who do they play? They play Kentucky. Kentucky. 12 and a half point favorites. Yeah. I think they got it. There's focus as yeah. they seem to be. Especially if Levis has been banged up too. That's the only thing that... It, yeah, when I initially looked at that game, I thought I was going to be on Kentucky, but I guess he's been not 100%. Hold you there, Sam. Bam. That's yeah, at Tennessee right? too, right? Mm-hmm. That's in Tennessee. Tennessee. Nice. Yeah, Tennessee. I like it. Thank you. Um... What do you have? Afraid to go. But <laughs> I know you're three and zero since we've done this. You you have oh, the hot hand. I know. I also and don't want to compliment I'm afraid you because, to say mine. because when you complimented me, I fell off the freaking face of the earth as far as picks goes. You texted in, Kurt. Yeah. You are whatever it was. I was on a good streak, although it doesn't show it for this. Yeah. Um. All right. I will just go with. This is a little bit of a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just gonna zag out of this. I thought I was gonna keep doing the same strategy, but Oklahoma State TCU just scares me too much. So we're gonna go with the USC Trojans minus fifteen and a half against Arizona. Uh, USC should just put up fifty and be good. I don't know why this is a fifteen point game, and especially at that number. That's as good as fourteen. Like, what do you think about that over under at seventy six? That is crazy. I, I, I would terrifying, but yeah, I'd go over. Like, <laughs> no, I, I, I yeah, like just I like for the fun of it. I but. do too. I like, <laughs> I like that. 
But yeah, just, I mean, USC's got top 10 offense and Arizona's defense is bad, bad, bad. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. They hang like 50 on their head. I don't think Arizona's offense will be able to keep up. I like that pick. Good pick. That's I like that more than my pick, actually. I, I missed that don't one. Don't do this to me, Sam. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, I should be that confident. Never mind. I, I, knock on wood, whatever. <laughs> I said, last time this I was is, confident, it was Bama, and that we all know how that went. Okay, I know this is um, – I'm sorry. Give me just a second. Is it? I, while you're looking, Shuddy, yeah. my other strategy was going to be, okay, who are the best teams against the spread this year? And I'm just going to pick one of them. Tulane, Kansas, on by. Top two teams are on by this week. Uh. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> And I've been rolling yeah. with Kansas, so but should have stuck with okay, them. I'm gonna be honest, Kurt. I just let you. I'm like, I did not like that. Like last week, I'm like, I just they're gonna fumble sooner or later. They're they're new last... fresh kind of breakout team. They're gonna fumble. We're like, you know, who are we talking Kansas last week? Yeah, just covered last week. Or was it the week before? When didn't they cover? Uh, the week I picked well, up two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kansas. So that, that, that's the time I remember. I'm like, oof. I don't think Kansas covered last week because I thought they did. No, they didn't. They I thought they lost by five. Could be uh, wrong. I could be wrong. I, but I, thought... I know. I don't know what the line was. All I know is I bet it and I lost. <laughs> and really? I Kansas. Yeah. This is telling me that Kansas is one and one on the year. This this thing I have right here. Kansas is six one I mean, and one. I'm guessing whatever line I got at the time was not what like, the not the same one was. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. What was last week's game for them, Baylor? Yeah. Well, they and did I lose I by, had to... they, they lost by 12. They did not cover. Yeah, yeah I'm at 10. Yep. Yeah, that was their first loss. So, according to this set, I got them on their push, which we just got in slightly early because the line gave us an extra point. We got them at 9, lost by 10. For when I picked them and lost, but... So you got your pick yet? Yes. Yeah. All right, guys. You know, this is kind of a tricky one, but it's Big 12 football, and I just think that they can eat this up. Oklahoma State plays Kansas State. The over-under is 56 points. I got the over. Oh, okay. I thought you were just going to pick Kansas State outright. But, yeah, I like that. Well, Kansas State's a one-and-a-half. Do you think Kansas State's maybe a better team? I just Sometimes those Oklahoma State teams can just kind of sneak up on it. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Am I going to go the over? Guys, I just... When do you like? <laughs> I honestly feel like I could pick four leg parlay correct this week. Is, because is Michigan one of them? Oh. Okay, I was thinking about going Michigan minus 22. Honestly, there's these... So, I know which game is the least confident. I was going to pick Ohio State minus 15 and a half. That would be my third ranked game. I don't even know how to rank these first, these next two, because I love them. I would definitely bet TCU minus seven and a half on against West Virginia. And this one I love as well. And this would probably be my number one. Syracuse at home minus two and a half against Notre Dame. I guess that'd be my number one. Seems like a trap to me, I'm going to be honest. I like the other one, though. Uh, oh, we're supposed to do opposite. Well, so I guess. Opposite. My number one would be Syracuse minus two and a half. So I guess Notre Dame plus two and a half at Syracuse, even though I don't. I just, damn it. I just don't like that game at all. I just wouldn't want to touch it. I could see Syracuse just green up. Syracuse wins. That dome. that dome. Yeah. 
I've been wrong. Dang so. it. Both the games you picked, I like both of them, too. <laughs> I like the Dang second. It. What was the other one you said? You said uh, TCU. Love TCU oh, minus seven and a half. I, I like that. I would. I, I would. You know what? But so we'd take. I don't know if Sam understands. No, so we would take West opposite. Virginia plus seven and a half. Take then. Seven, yeah, if I went TCU, you would take West Virginia plus seven and a half. Oh, we're doing opposite and three. We're going oppo. Oh, I was just showing you guys my top three just for that one. But my top one, I think, is Syracuse minus two and a half at Notre or at home against Notre Dame. Unless we want to zig on the do a little here's zigzag, this. we just juked here's out this. our own strategy. <laughs> we just take turns. You could completely juke the Owen strategy and go to my third game and then just pick Ohio State to cover minus 15 and a half against Penn State. Or we could do that. I don't want to comment in this. I just want to hear my, want to hear because... my fourth game. Do you want to hear my fourth game? Which I also like a lot. It's a winner. UCF is hosting Cincinnati in a pick em game. Cincinnati still got that dog. Cincinnati's going to win. They just got to win. I love Cincinnati. They just blew it for me this last week. But if I went back to them in a straight up pick 'em game, okay. Um, are we doing? I don't. Uh, oh man. Here's what I think. I don't like this pick opposite thing. For, Maybe we just I go don't. back and just let them pick. It's gonna let me pick. Here's the fact of the matter: you have a 50-50 shot. You're bound to get it one of these times. I know you've oh, been on a skit, but but going over four is impossible, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, the chances of all of and, us hitting, it's, it's very slim. Like, you have a, just as good of a chance to go 0-4 than we do having to win this parlay, you know? If you think about it. So, does it really matter ultimately? No. So, go with your heart. Yeah, Kurt, I say you just pick. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. can just make fun of you again if you get it wrong. <sighs> that's even worse. Cause that's like just, that's just as difficult as getting it right, getting four in a row. Wrong. Oh yeah, it <laughs> literally is. It's literally just as hard to go on four as it is four and zero. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean they lost to Stanford two weeks ago and then just beat UNLV. But okay, Syracuse has the emotional letdown though after last week. You know what I'm saying? So maybe I don't go with that one. You know what I'm saying? Is here in this logic or no? You think I should just stay with it? I think you pick. You pick. You pick your winner, Kurt. Oh boy! It's the worst when you get cold, and now your brain is just like nothing makes sense. You know what? Oh, <laughs> you guys believe in Jerry Kill? Oh, oh my God. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, Here we playing out. a terrible team. Playing no. UMass. No. Two and a half point favorites over UMass. Oh my god! Ah, it's your pick. It's your money. Well, it's our hey, money, but yeah, you you pick, man. I don't even know you guys have shaken all the. I thought we were doing the opposite of Kurt. Okay, so I was <laughs> okay. The full disclosure: I was gonna let. We, I thought we were all gonna hype you up to just make your pick, and then we were just gonna do the opposite off that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys were thinking the same thing. I was. I was hoping, okay. but. Now I now I don't even know. <laughs> Max, comedic genius. You know what I like? I like the Cincinnati Bearcats. Kurt just winning. That's what I said. That's that what team. I was gonna say. Just go back that, to them. They just gotta get that dub. And it's they, they have just so gotta much get to play for. This game was supposed yeah. to be huge. So UCF might have yeah. got caught looking ahead. 
Cincy's just got to stop shooting themselves in the head, and they went easy last week. You know what? I'm taking Cincy in a straight pick. Em. Give me Cincy. All right. So I got Cincy, Tennessee, 12 and a half. Red for USC at 15 and a half. And the over for Oklahoma State and Kansas State. One of them changed. Oh, Never no. mind. None of them changed. None of them changed. 12 and a half, Tennessee, 15 and a half, USC. 56 points over, and Cincinnati Bearcats pick them. We in. All righty. Now, let's do some quick picks just for our overall pride. We have Ohio State visiting Penn State. I think Penn or er, I'm sorry. I think Ohio State is on a mission. I don't think Penn State quite got it figured out offensively like we made it look like, and I think their defense is susceptible to a strong run game, which I think Ohio State has this year. Give me Ohio State to cover the 15 and a half. Same here. Uh, I mean, Ohio State just put up 50 on Iowa. I'm going with, just to be different, because I'm assuming Spencer's going with Ohio State, I'm going to go Penn State. Yeah, I'm going Ohio State for sure. Um, you know, I've been saying Michigan's been looking like the best team in the Big Ten, but man, Ohio State, like you said, Kurt, they look like they're on a mission. Um, they're fun to watch. It just obliterated Iowa. I didn't think it was going to happen like that just because of Iowa's deep, but they are a really great team, so I got to go with the Buckeyes. And just because I thought the game was so intriguing, I just want to, we're just going to pick it just for fun. I The Notre Dame at Syracuse, 11, a, 11 a.m. on ABC. Syracuse, two and a half points. I think Syracuse has a lot in front of them still, and Notre Dame has not been good. Even their win against UNLV gave up 28 points, won by less than 20. I, I'm going to go Syracuse to win by more than two and a half. Nice. So, over the Irish. You know, the Irish have not been impressive. Um, after that Ohio State game, you know, I, I really did think that they were going to be a pretty solid team. They showed promise there, but they've just been a letdown. Right, they but gave I'm up 21 and Irish. did win by t- over 20. So, sorry. But it was UNLV. I'm going to go with the Irish. I think that they go into the Dome and shock the world um, just because they're the Irish, you know, and just because it's the orange. I've been proud of the Orange this year, but I feel like their luck, well, not their luck, I feel like the run ends. That is a tough uh, a tough emotional spot coming. I mean, they were beating Clemson, like, the whole game, and then their offense just, I mean, Clemson's Clemson still. Like, that's it's no shame in losing that game, but I'm still going to take Syracuse uh, just to stick with the strategy of it's that damn dome. Yeah, yeah I'm a Syracuse as well. I can see this going to Spencer's way. I don't know. Seems like a close line, so I feel like Vegas knows something we don't. Right. Um, next, seems weird. I have uh, Oklahoma State visiting Kansas State, both coming off two big games. Kansas State took a tough loss after leading TCU most of the game, losing by 10. Oklahoma State battled with Texas, won that one late. Kansas State is a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home. To me, this is the one that makes me think, why Why is Oklahoma State the underdog? That Vegas just knows something I don't. But I just like rooting for those Cowboys. So I'm going to still pick Oklahoma State to get the dub. Um, I know this is sitting on the fence, but this is the game where I feel like Vegas knows more than I do. So I feel like I'm just automatically picking it wrong with how I feel like this game should play out. But I'll still stick with Oklahoma State. You got I agree with you, Kurt. Yeah, I, I got to go with the Cowboys. But this is ex- that exact reasoning is why I took over for this game. 
um, because I feel like Vegas knows something. I was going to pick Oklahoma State to just cover, but who knows? I think that they can get over that 56-point threshold, though. Um, points, points, points from, from Gundy, and uh, hopefully Kansas State can respond to those points. But I do think that Oklahoma State ends up covering. So you have what I thought about the last one, but this one, Vegas is wrong. Go Oklahoma State. Go Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I got Oklahoma State too. Um, it does worry me. Like that's that's I almost picked this one too for the parlay just to go with Oklahoma State four weeks in a row, just because they've been hot for uh for those picks. But yeah, I don't know. That was like a battle. That was an all-out war with Texas, but. Um, if Martinez is still banged up and can't run Kansas State, that's like he's a pretty big piece there. Not to mention, I'm guessing that that safety's out for Oklahoma State that made that pick late in the game against Texas. Whereas, yeah, the turf <laughs> yeah. just grabbed it and stuck it. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. All right. Um, uh, a game here in the Big Ten West got Illinois and Nebraska both coming off a bye week. Illinois visiting Nebraska. Illinois is seven and a half point favorites. Mm. I get the line being like that. I think Nebraska, Nebraska's just been fighting hard. Yeah. And I, I think this could be a tricky spot for Illinois once, since they're starting to get all the love. But they just keep rising to the expectation or, you know, they keep doing better than I think they would. So I'm not going to bet against them now. I'll take Illinois winning by like 13 over the Huskers and the in in Lincoln there. So I, I'll take Illinois. Mm. I'm sorry, I'll take Nebraska. No, wait, yeah, Illinois. Sorry, I was very confused because you were saying a lot of positive things towards Nebraska. Then you take Illinois. <laughs> I, I take Illinois to cover the seven and a half. Yeah, I just think that Nebraska. I agree with you, Kurt. They've been fighting. They've been looking pretty solid. You know, all things are fighting them. But the thing is, their defense is pretty horrendous. I do not think they'll be able to stop Chase Brown. And I think that's is solely the reason why they won't be able to keep up. So I got to have to go with Illinois as well. Man. Yeah. I, I got to go Illinois too. Seven and a half on the road is a big number. But yeah, Illinois is... Well, Nebraska's done nothing to show they can compete on defense. Yeah. I mean, they were competitive against Rutgers. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So we all wouldn't go in there. Um, yes. Yeah, so. You got 630. Skip you? Is that what you said? Yeah, you did. But Illinois. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I got it. No, right. no. Sam, you're just. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was looking at. Um, in night game, you have Michigan State visiting Ann Arbor. Uh, Michigan State has kind of beat. I think they beat. Have they beat Michigan two in a row? Under, under, uh, I don't know. I think, I know they won last year, but um, Michigan is 22-point favorites. I'm to- I, I'm honestly torn on this one because of how Michigan State has played them in this rivalry. I don't think Michigan State has any business being in this game. That's just kind of what happens. That being said, I think Michigan's just on a mission and probably just going to run the ball 500 times and get the dub. So I'll, that's so many points, but I'll take Michigan. Cover the 22. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Big Blue as well. They've been on a mission, like you said, Kurt. That showdown at the end of the year between them and Ohio State is going to be massive, um, assuming they all went out. But um, it's Michigan State has just not looked the same. 
I know it's a rivalry game, so you can never, you know, predict what's going to happen. But I just don't see them keeping up with Michigan. So I got to go with them. Yeah, I'd take the Wolverines too. Uh, just, I mean, Michigan's always had a good defense, and this year their offense has actually been very good. Um, I wonder if the Michigan State win against Wisconsin, if they lose that game, like this might be closer to even 30 points. Yeah, I'm. I don't want to go Michigan State. But I want to be different. Screw it, Michigan State. Play. Hopefully they play, play well. <laughs> I don't believe they, they play well to keep it within twenty two. I had a big break, so I might as well go against my instinct one of these times. <laughs> All right. And honestly, this game almost made it for me into the uh, possibility of being picked. Stanford, as Max pointed out, has won two in a row. They now travel to UCLA, who's just coming off the tough loss at Oregon. Uh, it's in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena there. UCLA is 16 and a half point favorites. Nice nightcap to the weekend of college football. I'm taking UCLA because Stanford has not beat anybody with a pulse this year. I think UCLA has a lot to play for still because um, I don't think the Pac-12 is doing divisions this year, are they? I think they still have a path to the championship game. And so I am going with UCLA. I got the Bruins as well. They look pretty solid this year. Um, Stanford, I'm I'm happy that they've figured something out, but I just don't know if they'll be able to compete with this uh, UCLA team. So I got the Bruins. I this one jumped out as there's really no reason, just gut feel. Um, I mean, yeah, other than like UCLA coming off a loss and Stanford has one, maybe they got a little bit of confidence. I I don't think there's any way they win, but I'll take Stanford to cover. I don't like it, but I yeah. I don't know why I feel like that. See, Spencer, did we disagree on every game again? Because last week we did that and it did not go well. I got the Irish. Oh, okay, so we're good. What, what's the what's the spread again? Sorry, I I kind of zoned out. Minus sixteen and a half UCLA. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I got UCLA. I got that. All right. That'll do it. Another episode of Sky U Pod. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And hey. They're looking rough. Sometimes you just got to listen to the guy in charge. And right now, that's the fake PJ Fleck with his new face. Put your oar in the water, row that damn boat, and let's go win some football games, all right? Go, Skyuma. We'll see you next time.